Good morning, church family, and welcome to this beautiful Sunday morning. Um, as Kathleen said, my name's Jesse, and I'm the children's pastor. I am always in that wing over there with our zero to 11-year-olds, having lots of fun with them. I'm also always that, like, random uncle, or if you ever invite me to your house and you have kids, I don't usually hang out with the adults. I usually just hang out with the kids. That's just what I do. Um, so... This is different for me. I get to, instead of teaching and leading your kids, I get to lead the adults and the grandparents and the uncles and the aunts and everyone. So it'll be, it'll be, it'll be fun today. Um, today we're continuing our, our series called Heroes of the Faith. And t- today I'm going to be actually talking about Joshua. But the thing is, like, when I heard about Heroes of the Faith, I, like, I just fully didn't know what was going on. Again, I'm always in the kids' wing. So I'm just super thankful for a thing called podcasts. These, we actually share our podcasts for our whole sermons every single Sunday. And so I was actually able to hear Pastor Bobby and Pastor Michelle's previous Heroes of the Faith and hear what they were talking about, jo- Josiah and Cornelius. Cornelius. I, was going to say, I was going to say Rahab, but then I was like, no, she changed it. Anyways, anyways see, I was listening. But... And today we're going to be talking about Joshua. But again, when I heard Heroes of the Faith, I got like super excited. I was thinking superheroes. Again, I am a kid's pastor. And so I was thinking of all those superheroes that we love, all have come to love, like the Hulk and Spider-Man and Captain America and the Black Widow, Thor and Doctor Strange. I, got, I, I was thinking of all those Guardians of the Galaxy with Star-Lord and Gamora and, and all those all those guys there, and Black Panther, and Captain Marvel, and Chang chi all the X-Men with Wolverine and, and Professor X. I know, I, I like to think I know a lot. Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm m- missing a couple. It's okay. Um, Spider-Man, you know, and Superman, and Batman. I'm just kidding. We're not going to go into the, we're not going to change the universes. Focus on one universe of, of fictional characters. But again, I was thinking about people with superpowers that did amazing things. But we're not talking about this. We're talking about ordinary people who make a difference because they say yes to doing the right thing. And again, our theme first this month or, the, or the, during this series is Matthew 5:16. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Again, when we do good, other people see it and do not glorify you, but God, the Father in heaven. That's just so good. That's just so good. Can I tell you of some men and women in my life that have done the right thing and have shaped me into the man I am today? Oh, yeah, that is, that is me right there. And what's funny is that is not my sister. That is my cousin who looks way more like me than my sister. Anyways, and that's my beautiful mom. As you can tell, I was a kid at one point in my life. And this is just a little, a little reminder with my, with my crazy teeth. Anyways. So yeah, I'm going to go back in time to all the people that have transformed me and helped me be the man I am today. First, we're starting with Diana Donaldson, who was my first kids pastor way back in the day. When I was still in a kids program, yes, I was a child once, we actually did a bunch of plays, and she taught me that when you do plays, that these plays, even though they're like things that are ordinary and stuff and silly, 
we can always bring it back to the Bible and bring it back to what, what God truly wants in our lives. And then there's also Shannon Mankey, Ashley Birdie, and Pam Sykes, all kids pastors that I grew up with at my home church. And that was, they were the kids pastor when I was in youth and didn't necessarily want to be in adult church. I wanted to be helping out in kids ministry. And they taught me at a young age, as a teen and as a kid, that, that even as a teenager, kids still look up to you. And so you have to be, always be ready for what's, what's to happen. But like, even as a young kid, people, are, uh, people younger than you are still looking up to you. My first youth pastor with Nate, was Nathan Rogers. That was my, again, first youth pastor growing up. He was there for seven years. He was there when I was in junior high all the way till I was in, finished high school. Um, and then while I, while I was there, there was also youth leaders like Dan and Pat and Jeremy, all in the youth band. They were the coolest kid guys ever. And then there was Dave McManus and John, Johnny Henderson the fifth. He wanted me to let you guys know about he is the fifth in the line. And then even Dave Dolchescu is now like a full-out doctor in the States where I'm friends with all these people and I get to still see what, what, what they're doing, but he's doing amazing things in the States. Um, and then came, after Nathan Rogers, a pastor named John Riley. And you're like, what? I know, I, like, wait, 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 is that like the same John Riley? Yes, that is the exact same John Riley that was the youth pastor here at Calvary. Um, he, he brought me on my first mission trip and, and was a, a leader for the, made me a leader for the first time. It was mainly because I was 18 years old and they really needed an adult. <laughs> but he still taught me what, the importance of being a leader in, in those moments. After John Riley came Pastor Jean-Paul Galassari. He taught me the importance of multiplying myself and when you just live with people and rub off the importance of uh, just rubbing off on people, iron sharpens iron. And so just living life with people make a big difference. And then after Pastor John Paul was Pastor Alex who encouraged me in my calling and sent me off to Bible college. And even though I'm naming a bunch of kids pastors in my life and youth pastors in my life, there was also other people. They were my best friends, Brayden and Joey, who were actually just youth Back in the day, they were, they're actually younger than me. So I was their youth leader, and then they became my best friends. And so whenever I'm able to, and, or wherever I need it, I know I can call on them, and, they, and they'll pick up my, my call, and we can talk about anything or everything. My, my friend Braden actually just had his fourth child, which is like four children. Whoa. And, and he's just, they're all girls, which I think is hilarious because I know he, he's like a construction worker. He wants a boy. Will he go for a fifth? I don't know. He's a great dad. <laughs> and then after that, there's also all the father figures in my life. There's Frank Hawk, there's Alicia Sinopoli, Colin Schroeder, Mike Hicks, Ken Ledwes, Braden's dad. All these men in the church that have taken me out to coffee when I really needed it. These men... Even Ken, he, he gave me a job when I, need, when I needed it. He, all, these, all these men in my life were always there to help me. And then there was Coach Mike, my hockey coach, from five years old all the way to 15 years old. Even though he wasn't a Christian, he taught me the importance of a team. And of course, there are my parents who are fundamental in teaching me as well. But all this to say, I'm a very blessed man to have grown up in a church, in a community that had a bunch of men and women that were willing to say yes to the right thing. 
After writing all these, those names, I feel like I probably went through like a genealogy in scripture of name after name and so on and so on. Reading like a history book with names that don't even mean too much to you. But those mean, names truly mean the world to me. Ordinary people that have shined Jesus' light, all these people were ordinary people that shined Jesus' light in a way that have shaped me and helped me become who I am today. And I hope you guys have that too. The big things I saw in all these people in my life were they were not trying to be like other pastors or different leaders or like someone else. They were just being themselves and truly had a heart for God. I saw the same thing in the story of Joshua. If you have your Bibles, can you open up to Joshua chapter 1? is in the Old Testament and is the sixth book of the Bible. If you don't know, the Bible is in both Old Testament and New Testament and is written in the revelation of God's character and saving purpose for humanity and all creation. And so it is in the Bible, is the sixth book, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy. And then after the Pentateuch, it is Joshua. And before we read Joshua, we have to understand where we are in the story of Israel, God's people. We were right after Moses. And it's funny, I'm actually, like, the sermon series in kids' ministry is the life of Moses right now. And I'm pretty sure next month we're going to Joshua. So I've really studied up on Joshua for your kids in this next little while. But yeah, we, we start off with Moses, who led Israel out of Egypt and then wandered for 40 years because the people of Israel went against God while Moses was bringing down the Ten Commandments. And it even starts before then when God gave a promise to Abram in Genesis 17 about an inheritance, a, a divine gift of the promised land. We want to talk about the biblical superhero. Oh, if you want to talk about a biblical superhero, it is Moses. Moses did a bunch, a bunch of pretty amazing things. He brought plagues onto Egypt even though it was mainly God who did that. And he had a special staff, superhero. But again, God, God gave him that staff to help him out. And of course, there was the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of, of fire by night to protect the Israelites. And again, it has nothing to do with Moses, but I thought that was pretty cool, right? Like they, Moses had a bunch of things that were pretty amazing. But hearing all that, you just don't want to be that next leader who, again, who's who I'm talking about. It's Joshua. We're going to start with Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my, ser- Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River and into the land I am giving them. I promise you that what I promised Moses... Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. Then the Bible starts naming places by name, and I don't want to embarrass myself trying to read those names, and so I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit. But before I do, we're already discovered what makes Joshua a hero of the faith in these first few verses. It's that Joshua listens to God. Joshua, even though he's grieving Moses, he has all these feelings, and he was also Moses' assistant. He lived, he he did everything with Moses, is now being told by God what is happening next. And Joshua doesn't ignore God or question God. Joshua is ready to take the lead. He listens to God and is like, yeah, I remember what you told Moses. The opening verses set the tone for the entire chapter. God reassures 
Joshua of his presence and reaffirms his promise to give the land to the Israelites. The divine commissioning of Joshua in underscores that his leadership is not a human origin, but a divine appointment. And we continue on, on verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous. That's one. For you are the one who will lead the people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. That's two. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do you not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left? Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study the book of instructions continually. Meditate it on day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper or succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. And that's three. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What makes Joshua a hero of the faith? His faithfulness through God's divine courage and strength. The repetition of phase highlights the paramount importance of courage and strength. In leadership, Joshua is encouraged to trust in God and not be afraid. This serves as a reminder that God's presence is is the source of true courage. It is not in Joshua's courage and strength that whatsoever, this all comes from God. He, throughout the book of Joshua, needs to show his courage and strength, not just through his battles like Jericho and Ai and Gibeon, north and south Canaan, and the north and south coalition of kings, but he showed courage and strength through his first action crossing the Jordan River. And that's where we're going to get to in chapter 3. Joshua had unwavering faith. Like Abraham, who trusted in God's promise, Joshua exhibited unyielding faith. God promises endured through generations, inviting us to trust his plan for our lives. And th- but then there needed to be a preparation. Joshua needed to prepare to cross the river. In Joshua 3, 5, it says, Then Joshua told the people, Purify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among, among you. That purify yourself is actually, in other, in other texts, it actually says consecrate yourself. That means set yourself apart. By obeying God's instruction, God commanded these people to concentrate themselves, set themselves apart, not, not be like everything else. You need to be your own people. And that shows that obedience and holiness are prerequisites for moving forward in our faith journey. What I love about being in, in today's day of age is that we get to look at the whole Bible as a, as a bunch of books brought together and telling one main story, and that is Jesus Christ dying on the cross. But what, what does a book, book number six, out of this entire collection of books, have anything to do with God or Jesus? Jesus isn't even born yet. Well, all, all of this story brings so many um, characteristics and so many things that help us understand what it means to, for a faith journey to go from a wandering people to a people of promise, going into our promise that God has given us. You see, first, first and foremost, it was the purification of them. 
Then it was following the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark symbolizes God's presence and leadership. To cross the Jordan, they had to follow the Ark. Our guide in life is our faith in God. And so when they were following the Ark, the, the, the priests of the Ark, they had to step, first step into the, into the Jordan. And when they stepped in, into the Jordan, it wasn't like Moses, where he put the staff in and then waves shot up and you could see whales, you know, Prince of Egypt stuff. You didn't see that. You actually, it was the same but different. They stepped in the Jordan and instead of water walls, the water stopped way up at a town called Adam. And again, in this day, they were explaining all these things and it like, it was important back then, but what makes it super amazing today is that we can bring the parallels from Jesus into this. You see, it's, it says in verse 16, I believe, it says, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. Again, this is why I don't say names. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry and then all the people crossed over, the ne- over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant stood on the dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Now again, I, you guys are thinking like, yeah, like people cross the river, it's fine. This isn't just like a little dinky pond. It is a full-fledged river. It is, it is long. It is mass. And the fact that God wanted to explain to us that it was also on dry ground, I think is crazy important. Because again, this is showing that they weren't getting muddy. They weren't getting dirty. They weren't walking in, in struggle. They were walking on dry ground. And the, and again, you're thinking, okay, the Israelites, a couple, like what, a thousand people, 30, this was millions of people. It probably took days to cross this river. And for days, the priests held the Ark of the Covenant, the, the presence of God, so that the whole nation of Israel can walk through. And again, it's, it's, it's the resemblance of what Jesus did for us. When Jesus died on the cross, he allowed us to be able to be washed away from our sins. We are not muddy. We are not murky. We, our sins are cleansed by Jesus. Just like they were able to walk on dry ground and, and their sins were cleansed. But not really. They, they were going, walking into their promise. Just like God wants us to walk into our promise. Another important uh, fact that it says is that the Jordan was at the flood stage which seemed like an impossible obstacle. In Joshua 3.15, it says, it was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who are carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, it stopped. The Jordan was at a flood stage, which seemed an impossible obstacle, but God chose this moment to test their faith and demonstrate his power. And again, this is stepping into the unknown. They've never been to the promised land. They sent some spies in, in chapter 2, but this is the first time the whole of Israel gets to be in the promised land. It 
See, the Israelites had to take that first step into the unknown, showing us the faith required, requiring for the action. So let's remember God's faithfulness. They also took 12 people, which was the 12 tribes, and they didn't know this fully at the time, but they split themselves into that 12 tribes, and they actually took 12 stones, and they placed those 12 stones not just on the, on the edge of the river, but inside the river where the priests were. And so this was twofold. This was to remember all the great things that God had, had done. But what's amazing about it, they, they, they didn't just place it on the riverbed. And it wasn't just, like, it's, it is specifically says for the generations to come to remember these moments. But it's also, they place it in the river for a reason. And you're like, what, what's the reason? Well, it's because whenever there is a dry season, the river does dry up. And, it stops, and, and water stops going into it. And when that happens, you're able to see those stones. You're able to see what God still did. And so those are there as a reminder, even in the dry seasons, that God fulfills his promises. Crossing the Jordan symbolizes be, behind the wilderness, embracing the promised land. And in our faith journey, we must leave behind our old ways and embrace a transformation in, in Jesus. So how does this apply into our lives? We need to trust God's promise. We all face our Jordans in our lives and seemingly insurmountable obstacles. And I feel like in 2023, there are many more Jordan rivers that us millennials and us Young people still have to fight through our cross, but God's promises are unwavering. We must trust them as our guiding light. We also have to be in obedience and holiness. Again, bringing back that change in posture. We have to concentrate, consecrate ourselves and obey God's command. Holiness is a path to spiritual growth and success in our journey of faith. We have to step into the unknowns. There are moments where we have to like the Israelites, we must take the first step in faith. And I don't know what that first step for you is. It could be, it could be anything. It could be a step in a career path, or it could be a step in sending your kids to a certain thing, or it could be a step in whatever. But it's, there is something really important about taking that first step. God will meet us in our obedience and provide the way. Remember God's faithfulness. Build memorials in your life to remember God's faithfulness. When I was writing out all those names that have changed me and helped me through tough times in my life, it really did help me remember, remember God's faithfulness. When I was in grade eight is when my mom and dad got a divorce and it broke me. It was my, my final year going to a kid's camp and I love, I love going to kids' camp. I, I truly believe everything in kids' camp. It was at kids' camp that I felt the God of, call of God on my life to be, be a preacher. But it was at the end of that camp, I came home, and I still remember going into our van and bringing my hockey duffel bag because I didn't like to fold things. I just threw it all into the hockey bag. And bringing it into the car and, and, and feeling a, 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 a darkness and a weight and I'm like, what, like what, why aren't we leaving? Like, what's going on? And that's when my mom and dad told us that they were, they were separating. And so we, I had this really spiritual high being at camp and then coming home and finding out, no, this isn't what's happening. And so I could dwell on that and I can be, be like, no, God, you 
broke my family apart. I don't like you anymore and, and be done with it. But God, again, even writing those names down has placed people in my life that I'm so thankful for to represent God, a, a true, what a true man of God is that represents the joy and the peace and the holiness that God, that God can bring. But was, it's also, it, through that whole time, was teaching me to always be honoring my father and my mother, no matter what. See, as we conclude today, remember that your faith journey is like crossing the Jordan River. It requires trust in God's promise, obedience, the courage to step into the unknown, and a deep remembrance of God's faithfulness. We can ask the worship team to come up. I, I forget about that part, you know. Again, I'm, I'm more in the kids' area. Just as the Israelites inherited the promised lands, we too can inherit the abundant life God has prepared for us. Let us go forth in faith, trusting that God will lead us safely to the other side. And in this new transformed selves, let's share the gift with God and let's be Christ-like and be there for people in, that are in our influence. And let us share about the people that have affected you. That is the whole point of our nomination wall. It is to share our testimony and share the people that are in this church that are, are, are my Bradens and are my past pastors or past people that are in your lives. And we want to share that. We want to sh- share that we are, we are not just a community of people that come here and listen to a random head speak about whatever and just go home and be happy about ourselves. We are a people that come together and are there for each other. And so again, I, I encourage you to write down those nominations of people in your life. And if you don't know where to start and, and where, where you could be that person to be able to be like, hey, I'm gonna help you out. We, we have a ki- great kids program that need a bunch of kids to be discipled and to help them learn who God truly is. And I know that every, anyone in here would be a great candidate for that. So here's my benediction. May the God of Joshua, who led his people across the Jordan, grant you the strength and courage to face every challenge that lies ahead. May you be rooted in faith, guided by his word, and obedient to his commands. May the promise of the promised land be a symbol of the obedient, abundant life God has in store for you. May you go forth as leaders, strong and courageous, embracing your divine calling with humility and trust. May unity and loyalty loyalty, characterize your relationships, and may you lead by example, serving, empowering others. As you journey through life, may you find the courage to step into the unknown, knowing that God is with you every step of the way. May the God of all creation bless you and keep you and shine his face upon you now and forevermore. Amen.